Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Well, a very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the studios of Joy News. And if you see me here at this time, it's because of the Joy News pre-budget forum that we're having. And despite swearing never to return to the IMF after the 16th program for a bailout, Ghana returned to the fund for a 17th program. We are in that program. This afternoon, we contemplate the effects a painful debt restructuring program and aggressive tax reforms which have brought untold hardships to businesses and consumers. Now, expectations are hardship tax reforms which have brought untold hardships to businesses and consumers. Now, expectations are hard. And industry. This edition of the Joy Business Thought Leadership Series seeks to examine the impact of Ghana's 17th IMF program and the government's policy initiatives to the studio. I will be hosting uh, right in here Dr. Joseph Obing, or Joseph Obing for short. He is president of GUTA, the Ghana Union of Traders Association. Also on board, Dr. Humphrey Ayim Dake, president, Association of Ghana industries. And on this beat, we'll also be joined on Zoom by Yao Apialati, Partner Financial Advisory, and Nuong Falong, CEO of Etheria, who is a businesswoman. Now, we'll start the discussion right here in the studios of Joy News. But before we get into it, gentlemen, a very good afternoon. I think uh, almost in the military, I should put you at ease, at ease, gentlemen. <laughs> it's because of the fireworks in here before we started. I'll start with you, um, Joseph Obing. We are in the throes of an IMF program, the 17th one that we have had. You could even say consecutively, back to back to back. The times are rough, but we were told, the impression was created that once we had the program, things would begin to settle and things would look much better. After the, the program, after getting this program, what has been your reaction from the, the end of Guta in terms of the business you do, import and export, if you like. Import more, more or less, and then selling to the generality of the people. Uh, thank you very much. What we should know is that the IMF program is not an end to itself. Mm. It brought along um, its own packages. And um, even the fact that we're having our own 
problems even before going to the IMF means that we have also encountered another set of problems even by adopting to go to the IMF. What the IMF seeks to do is to uh, bring um, some stability to us. Otherwise, all other things remain the same. Mm. That um, we should be able to adopt uh, measures that will mitigate the plight of businesses as we were suffering before going into the IMF itself. Now, IMF um, have come. It brought in its own um, advantages and definitely for businesses, it also brought some conditionalities that may not also help the cause of businesses. Mm. Um, if you look at the um, latter part of 2022, most businesses suffered a lot. Most of our capitals were depleted, mm. over 50%. You over see, 50%? That, yes, that accounts to the reason why they are saying that the port is empty now. The port is empty or the traffic is uh, lessened because the volumes that we used to um, bring have dwindled because our capital has also um, uh, dwindled or depleted about half. So if we are able to bring about four um, uh, containers, of course, and your capital is um, halved, then of course you'll be only able to bring about two containers. Two of them. Mm. That's the reason why the port is um, uh, quite empty uh, these days as we all been is that, is that still the situation because the um, the arrival of the 600 million dollars was supposed to also cushion the ghana city has that happened we all know the rates on the market they are still hovering around 12 cities if you lose and money, the central banks you know rate is slightly lower. if you lose money you've already um lost it mm. um uh, i'm telling you last quarter of the year i said we uh, to, um, um, our capital got depleted about 50 percent it means that if even um, the, um, we have gotten some stability, you are not going to get back your lost capital. So we still have the effects. And so coming from that time, and then also we also saw um, um, the um, inflation going to the highest, about 53%. If you, um, you also look at the interest rate that we are paying, um, borrowing costs have gone up, up uh, astronomically high um, to about uh, over 35 to 40%. And these are all indicators that do not let businesses thrive. Mm. And then we also en uh, engage IMF. The effects, the negative impact of IMF uh, and its conditionalities is such that um, we have to introduce new taxes. About three Tax uh, huge, abno uh, as I, I always call, obnoxious taxes were also um, 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 imposed on us. Mm. VAT have gone up from 3% flat rate that we are paying, have um, gone up to uh, cumulatively about 22%. Then um, we, we have other um, uh, utilities to contend with Utility charges have also gone up about over 50%. Last two quarters, have seen, I've seen um, the utility prices going up uh, over 50%. Mm. So if you are doing business at this time, then you see that you are in the difficulty. Because the inflation that we are experiencing simply means that the consuming public 
their purchasing power has also gone down. And cost of doing business have also gone up. Mm. It means but, but, that the ability to buy have been curtailed. And businesses thrive on turnover. And our turnover um, is, is diminished to the, a, a point that you are unable to even service your credit. And diminishing returns may be kicking businesses. And of course, if you, if you purchase products and no one buys them, it means you're stuck with the products. It means your liquidity is also exactly. stuck in there. But let me just quickly run these two by you before I go to um, Dr. Ayem Dake. So the exchange rate. Has it helped any? Is it any better for the business community comparatively to, let's say, the end of last year when we're really in, in the throes of it? And again, inflation. We've seen a slight uptick in inflation. It was receding, and all of a sudden, it started inching up, not as high as it was last year. What do these two factors mean for business? Yeah, normally, when there's stability in the currency, it means that it has to also uh, translate into the prices in the market. Are you seeing that with the If state? it is not happening like that, it means that the gains in the stability, and when you, this stability is not long-lived. Mm. It's a, a, a short term, because if you say stability of the currency, then we are expecting that it has been there for a, quite a longer period, that we cannot just measure about three months stability and take it. And then the gains that we would have gotten from the, this stability is being taken away by the high cost of doing business, the taxes that have been imposed on us, the benchmark um, uh, reduction policy that have made in, uh, duty prices gone up, and so many other costs of doing A COVID levy should not be there because the COVID is no more. And all these cost items are there, especially import um, um, in levies. Uh, it was introduced during the previous administration that. Um, it is being used for uh, temporal purposes for a uh, relief, and that after the sunset, it will be removed. The sun has never set, and it, has, it is still on the table. So cumulatively, um, the, these prices, that's why we said that the kind of inflation that we're experiencing now is a cost-push one. It's a cost-push inflation. And that's why even when the, uh, there's some kind of stability in the exchange, it's still not transferring... Um, the, um, the, a, a government statistician, he said mm. that this inflation is uh, pushed by uh, import, um, um, uh, the, high, uh, the high cost of imports. And what does it tell you? It means that the cost of doing business have translated into the pricing of commodities in the market. So, so if, I, if I pose the sim simple question to you, the business community, Guta, your members, are you better off? Now, compared to before the IMF deal, what would you say? No, um, if you look at the stability of the currency, then we say that because we, in fact, the, the, the depreciation of the city had a toll on businesses. Right. And so having achieved some kind of stability is good for us. But what we still have to do is to prune down, prune down most of the cost items in doing business, especially at the port and also the new taxes that are come, we have to restructure the VAT, which okay. does not bring uniformity and which um, um, is not helping compliance and all that. And then it has also pushed the prices up on Israel. All right. Uh, let's, let's also hear uh, from Dr. Ayim Dake. Let's find out about the state of our industries. He, of course, is president of the Ghana Associ Association of Ghana Industries. Uh, Doc. 
Thank you so much for joining uh, the conversation. Now, almost three months into the IMF program, what is the state of industries uh, from your end as we speak? All right, thank you. And, um, and to say, in the context of uh, the recent macroeconomic difficulties, mm. yes, it is no news to say that, yes, businesses and industry were stressed. Right. Still stressed in the context. Uh, yes, the uh, role of the IMF as uh, their mandate indicates, is to bring about some stability in the macro front. Yes, uh, to that uh, effect, we know the exchange rate has behaved reasonably well within the last three months. And therefore, it has, it has brought about some similar confidence in the business community and uh, reasonability in prediction and planning of our various uh, engagement. So yes, our businesses have been stressed within the context of the macro. They led to a lot of contraction of our, into our business operation. It led to low growth. It led to low unemployment. Uh, you can also trace that it led to the distortion of original business model of um, processing and manufacturing, where you realize that by virtue of these macro indicators, a uh, number of businesses resorted to importation of finished product as against processing and producing, and its uh, relevant impact in terms of job creation, taxation, and it's exposed the country to a lot of informality. Mm -hmm. And there are consequences of a high informal sector in uh, an economy, a least developing economy. So these ramifications are all associated with uh, the gains and the minuses of uh, what we've gone through over the period. And therefore, yes, our businesses are stressed, but by virtue of the IMF uh, transaction, mm -hmm. uh, restored uh, confidence to which we are planning effectively. And we look forward to other uh, indicators that are work in progress, because the IMF process is not a, a one-time transaction, it's a process. We need to go back into the, uh, the inflationary uh, rates. What do we need to do regarding the inflationary rate? You asked my colleague about the effect of the inflation on mm. our businesses. Mm. And that, I mean, every uh, player in the space knows that uh, the higher the inflation, the, the challenges it is to businesses. Nonetheless, our concern is how is Bank of Ghana managing the inflationary issues? And we know they've deployed a number of tools to aid tail the inflationary figures. Nonetheless, the producer price index and the run-through effect of some tax adjustment has also led to the state of the inflation. We've also argued out on the uh, inflation targeting model that the Bank of Ghana uses. Mm. Nonetheless, we still believe that there are structural rigidities that need to be tackled, and those are the engagement we seek to uh, see the finance minister table in the midterm budget, complementing it with that of the IMF uh, policy and report to aid us navigate uh, these difficult macroeconomic uh, factors that we face. Mm. And these are very turbulent matters. Uh, uh, Dr. Ayim Dake, I'll be coming back to you shortly. But let me welcome aboard, uh, joining the conversation, Professor Gottfried Bokpin. He is an economist and uh, lecturer of finance at the University of Ghana Business School. Prof, a very good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, and good afternoon to your cherished listeners. Um, thank you. 
It's a pleasure having you join the conversation. I'd like to start off with you before we come back into the studio. Now, we have Guta and the AGI represented here. They've been talking about the dynamics, the IMF program, the, the, the effect of taxes that have been added on, utility uh, price hikes. They've also spoken about what this has meant for the business community. But from where you sit, looking at everything that is happening, the, the projections that you made ahead of uh, the IMF program, would you say that the business community is better off now comparatively to before the IMF program? Now, inflation has receded, but in the last two months, we've seen a bit of an uptick. When it comes to our local currency, it's still hovering around 12 CDs to the dollar out there. Have we made any progress on the back of receiving the $600 million from the IMF? Okay, we, we, we know that um, uh, the way we were heading pre-IMF program, we were heading dangerously. We needed an external anchor, and we found that in the form of IMF-supported program. It was very clear to us that um, the IMF program will not deliver an instant dividend. Our problems wasn't going to disappear overnight simply because we are signed up onto the IMF program. Mm. It was very clear to us that um, uh, signing up onto the IMF program means work. We have to get back to work. We also knew that there, is, there was a price or there is a price that we have to pay in order to restore macroeconomic stability. And that is quite basic, because you cannot restore macroeconomic stability without paying the appropriate price. Now, the reason businesses are feeling the impact the more is that we are shifting the adverse distributional effects of the program disproportionately to households and businesses when it should have been loaded on maybe um, growth-enhancing expenditure cuts, which government failed to do. So the broad policy framework, you will see that the necessary fiscal adjustment that we have to do, limited do, is heavily based on revenue enhancement and not greater expenditure cuts in terms of wasteful expenditure cuts. And that is why the approach the approach the government has adopted in the fiscal consolidation effort, which is needed, is what is causing that disproportionate effect to businesses and households. It's an it's approach government has adopted in, in reaching the same point. So, and the, and the program, we are very clear under the program that in the immediate, there is going to be a there is going to be a trade-off and the trade-off will come in the form of, of the fact that growth will decelerate and also the fiscal consolidation measures or the fiscal adjustment, the utility price adjustment plan under the program is going to affect businesses and households in the immediate. But then in the medium to the long term, we expect that growth will rebound and then growth will be maybe probably inclusive and we will rope them in. How we, uh, the approach we have adopted is suboptimal, and that is why we agree with, with the private sector that the approach government has adopted under the program will disproportionately affect the private sector 
and undermine private sector competitiveness, and, and that is a cause for concern for us. And also, whilst we have advocated for, uh, uh, for expenditure cuts, the kind of expenditure cut government has done under the program is actually not the kind of expenditure cut we had wished. Okay. What, 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 what kind of expenditure, expenditure cuts would you have wanted to see? We were expecting more of, uh, of the <coughs> government reducing the size, merging some ministries, some agencies, departments, and, and, and then costing that, cost, uh, costing that, and probably we may achieve the same goal okay, by reducing those expenditure as compared to increasing taxes, introducing new taxes, and increasing rates of existing taxes. Professor Mokpin, let, let, let me just take you on there. Let, let me just take you on there briefly. In terms of our tax bracket, you already know how much we rake in vis-a-vis -vis our budgets for every year. And it's been said, this government has said time and again that, listen, uh, just cutting off a few ministers is not going to cut it. It's not going to make any difference. How, how much do the ministers earn? How much are the, do they consume on fuel and all of that? So is it realistic when you call for this and say that it would have maybe amounted to some of what we would be looking for in, in terms of our tax returns and all of that? How realistic is that? If you look at it from the approach you are coming from, we are majoring on the minor. We are not just asking reducing the number of ministers. We are talking about ministries we are talking about departments, we are talking about agencies, and also rationalizing state-owned enterprises. In other words, the cost of our governance is just too much for our national budget to sustain. And if we don't do something drastic about that, it's not just reducing the number of ministers. This requires a comprehensive reform. This requires consensus building. Okay, we need to decide how many ministries what do we want to have, how many departments, agencies, state-owned enterprises. You look at the employee size, okay, of some of the state-owned enterprises in the last seven, eight years. Some of them have doubled. We have created deputy minister positions with, with quite rewarding uh, remuneration package. But what is the value addition? So it's not just ministers. We are looking at the entire blue chain. We are looking at the cost of governance. Okay, the way we are operationalizing our democracy is too expensive. And it's the private sector and households that are bearing the cost. And that is not sustainable. That's the point that we are making. We are not just saying that reduce the number of ministers. Of course, it's a, it's a good signal. Why should govern, Ghana be governing with more than 80 ministers? What, where is the output that justifies that number? Okay, so if we continue like this, we are only making the burden harder. And it's going to be difficult freeing up cash flow in order to spend in the areas of growth enhancing, like CAPEX. We, we don't have roads. Poor infrastructure. Right. The government is cutting, on, cutting down CAPEX. If you look at the expenditure cut under the program, we are, we are hoping to make fiscal savings of 0.9% from, from CAPEX uh, 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 cut. We are limiting hiring. We are limiting wages. We are rational goods and services. <clears> but these are really not the areas we are looking at. So Ghana needs to take another look at the way we are operationalizing our democracy. Right. It's too expensive and it's beyond what the private sector and households can contain. Let, 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 me, let me ask you, and Prof. finally, let me say this. Right. Yes. You, you are going to make a if final point. Mind, so let me put no, you go point. ahead. Yes. It is, it is not true that Ghana is not developing because our tax to GDP ratio is low. There are other countries like Malaysia and Singapore 
who have developed on the back of to GDP ratio, that's, that's less than 15%. Mm. So if you look at our tax to GDP ratio the last 15 years, if we were efficient and we were tackling corruption, the tax to GDP ratio we have collected in the last 15 years should have been able to, to, to give us a development outcome far better than where we are now. So nobody should buy the argument that Ghana is in a mess because we are not generating <coughs> enough tax revenue or relative to the size of the economy. It is not true. It is the corruption, the inefficiency, the large government size across ministers, department agencies, state-owned enterprises, largely inefficient. That is where the problem is. If you do I, the modeling mm. and you see your tax to GDP ratio at the level where we are, this is not where Ghana should be. So let's tackle, let's tackle the solutions to the problems rather than re-echo uh, the problems. I just want to do this before I cross over to Noong Falong, CEO of Etheria. Uh, but uh, for you, Prof, just briefly on this, do you anticipate a review of the macro targets to reflect what is on the ground? Because basically, we know that we're we are facing a turbulent turn. Do you expect a reduction in the growth rate target, for example, for the year? Yeah, typically, I'm sure um, uh, there will be some level of revision to the macro targets. Um, the government, particularly for inflation, government was hoping to... Uh, achieve inflation year and inflation of 18.9%. Uh, uh, that looks almost difficult to reach now. So certainly uh, there will be some kind of um, rationalization in there and, and, and to reflect reality. Uh, again, also when it comes to our revenue performance and all of that, I believe that there will be some kind of um, intervention from there. But at the end of the day, we have to be realistic. And then the, the approach we adopt in, in reaching debt sustainability and all of that must take into consideration private sector competitiveness. But at the end, what I just want to put across is that we should all just understand that where we find ourselves, there is not going to be a quick fix. The, the, the recovery is going to be slow. It's going to be a bit painful, but we have to be patient. But whilst we are asking for patience, it also requires our leaders to do the right thing. And we have to adopt a lean approach, a lean government towards addressing our problems. Other than that, more revenue only guarantees greater abuse. Uh, just hold for me, Prof. Let me bring in uh, Nuong Falong, who is CEO of Etheria. Now, you operate in the beauty industry. I'd like to find out from you, how has this predicament in terms of our economy impacted your business? Have you, for example, contemplated shutting down your business or downsizing? And let me just add, how is the current tax regime affecting your business? Uh, no. Well, uh, looping me into the conversation, I'd just like to say uh, hello to my professor, Professor Bokpin. Um, I was going to touch on some of his submissions, but I'll come to that later. Specifically for uh, a business in the beauty industry, um, have we had to downsize? Have we had to restructure because of the, the present economic situation? Um, I think uh, a lot of businesses will honestly tell you uh, it's been difficult, especially uh, when you have a lot of people's disposable income dropping and their ability to purchase your products uh, reduced less and less. Um, we have had to restructure, let go certain permanent staff, yes. Um, what we've done is instead of just letting them go completely, because we need them, we're not letting them go because we don't need them. It's because we cannot afford to keep paying them. 
So what we do is we make them temporary staff or we make them contract staff. So instead of uh, paying them every month, which is a burden, you, you try to reduce that monthly expenditure uh, by paying them only when you contact them or only when you use them uh, in production or in other services that your business needs. So it, it, it then means that, yes, you are feeling the impact. What have been your coping mechanisms, uh, just before I go to Studio 997? The coping has been to uh, reduce the, the size, the staff size, mm. because we can't afford to pay all of them uh, month on month. By, uh, by about how have much also, have, you, have you downsized? Uh, five people. Mm. And, and what does that mean five in people. terms of the real numbers you have? Um, it, it means that we are not able to produce as quickly as we do. It also means that if we get an order today that requires us to supply tomorrow, it's going to take a longer turnaround time, uh, turnaround time because we do not have all the hands that we typically use. So uh, you'll find that we are a little slower. Uh, sometimes responses are also a little slower because people uh, send you messages, are expecting responses from the business, and you don't have uh, all the stuff that you used to have before. Um, we've also had to let go. Initially, we had an accountant. Now, what we do is we, we get someone to come in and look at the books occasionally, you know, because we cannot afford to pay an accountant every month. Mm. And instead, we are using accounting apps, you know. So these are the ways in which we try to adapt. Well, do hold for me, uh, Nuong, lady and uh, gentlemen. Let's cross over now to Studio 997, where my colleague George Weafe is standing by with another batch of guests to kickstart the conversation on uh, radio. Over to you, George. very much, uh, Benjamin Akakpo. And if you just join us, this is our pre-media budget uh, discussion here at Joy uh, Business uh, Live on Joy 99.7 FM and also on the uh, Joy News channel and getting the views of industry persons in terms of what is the expectation? How is the economy doing as we ramp up or get ahead to the mid-year budget review? That will be done uh, by the uh, Finance Minister, Ken Ofriata, next week. I have with me here, Edward Karawa. He is the General Secretary of the General Agricultural Workers Union, and also Magbidua Baji, Chief Executive of the Ghana National Chamber of Commerce and Industry. But before I even get into getting your thoughts about the expectation, I wanted to find out from you, in terms of sectorial performance, how are your members doing, Mark? National Chamber of Commerce and Industry, how are things as we speak right now? Yeah, things, are, things are very hard. Mm. And of course, um, we are actually, we're actually expecting it because of the things that are mm. happening now. Mm. Uh, let me give you a, a clear example. For the past three weeks, I've been visiting some of mm. our members within mm. the manufacturing sector. And George, the situation is bad. Mm. You could see the devastating impact of whatever is going on on businesses. Some have cut down production. And one typical uh, firm that I visited has closed down totally because it's not able to pay electricity. Interesting. Yes. And these are real things that if you go so on the ground, what has happened to their, their, their workers? So they've been them. laid off. When I went to that particular cocoa uh, uh, processing uh, mm. company, yeah. Huge plant sitting down, doing virtually nothing. Mm. Investment had gone into that plant. And if you see the face of the businessman, mm. I asked myself, is this man able to eat or sleep? 
because you have this investment and it's not producing anything because the cost of electricity had gone up to that extent that you cannot pay then definitely it's, it's, it's very difficult and it cut across all the sectors mm. and for me this clearly reflected in the gdp numbers that was released yeah. in the first quarter mm. uh, of this year mm. and if you look at it all, is not doing well. yes all the subsectors that are being impacted by the high uh, utility tariffs by taxes and by high interest rates they all contracted mm. but these are the sectors that we need to drive the economy mm. those sectors that recorded growth are health education they are support sectors if this manufacturing sector is not doing well if the construction sector is not doing well if the retail retail and wholesale sector also contracted you know the economy mm. of ghana mm. basically mm. relies on buy and sell and if those sectors are all going down that means that there's something fundamentally wrong that we have to look Mr. at. Mr. Boje, I mean, I'll come back to you, but let me quickly get to Mr. Karawa as well, the uh, General Akocho uh, Workers Union as well. And uh, you guys actually make sure that we get food on our table. And uh, we've not gotten to that point yet. From the GDP numbers, the suggestion was that things are doing well and all the rest. In terms of the, as I asked him, the state of the industry, how is the agri sector doing when it comes to workers, when it comes to production, these huge rest well the just like there's no market and all the challenges you can talk about production inputs are very very high uh, uh, land preparation is very high anything you just have to touch for production is very high mm. labor cost itself is also very high mm. you know and not to talk about the fact that uh, there are now new and emerging you know enemies of agriculture mm. where uh, the, the fundamentals of agriculture that is land is being destroyed completely you know, Glamse is doing a very huge devastation to agricultural uh, uh, basis. Because one, agriculture is based on land, mm. agriculture is based on water. You know, all those things are being destroyed permanently, mm. not even temporary. So even if you have resources and you want to go into agriculture, you may not even be able to get the type of land that you want. The other part has to do with the estate uh, development. Yeah. You know, they develop indiscriminately. Mm. You know, we need houses to live in, but then who checks what? Yeah. You know, all those things are indeed encroaching on the capacity of the industry to grow and then farmers' ability to be able to produce. If you have just joined us, you are live on Joy 99.7 FM and also on uh, Join You. This is uh, our pre-budget uh, discussion here at Joy Business as you look at the economic transformation. What should be the policy direction be in the 2023 mid-year budget review that the Finance Minister, Kenneth Riata, will be presenting to Parliament that is come next week? Mr. Magbudu, let me also come back to you about getting your views on this but even before we quickly get into that one i mean you are an association not an individual how are you getting or mirroring the challenge right now to those who much in terms of those who are managing the policy space because listen some measures were taken by government in their quest to improve revenue 
this is the end result. I mean, some would say that the same thing, E-Levy, something happened, and they went back to the necessary correction. How do you, how are you taking these concerns to government, lining up or getting into the media by their refusal, that if there are even any plans to increase the rates or maybe uh, bring in new taxes as well, they might think twice about it before they implement those things. Well, uh, economic um, development and um, transformation is a partnership between the private sector and government. Government has a role to play. The mm. private sector also has a role to play. The core role of government is to ensure that the right environment is created. So whatever policy they are bringing out definitely may have impact on businesses. So that platform should be created for us to be able to engage and for us to be able to voice out the difficulties that businesses are going through. I think that platform for me is, is at the moment not too good. Because when these issues uh, came up, we complained a lot. We actually sent a petition to the office of the president together with other business associations. They turned a deaf ear to us. We have, as businesses, one of our core functions is advocacy, mm. and we will continue to do that. We have had cause to also um, meet with some of the policymakers to explain the difficulties that businesses are mm. going through. Recently, I think last week, we had opportunity to meet with IMF team that is working on the meeting revenue, revenue. Uh, uh, policy, and they were surprised on the challenges that we are going through. Mm. We have told them that the same kind of cow that you are milking mm. you are not feeding that particular cow mm. but you want the cow to give you more milk mm. how do you expect the cow to do that there could be a very we fat are, cow yes no we have, <laughs> have over milked a cow to the extent that the cow is on the verge of death no and something must be done immediately for which reason in this particular budget Taxes are some of the things that they should totally refrain from. Mm. Because before these three new taxes, we had complained that the existing ones were still not helping businesses. Mm. And they have introduced new ones. The effect is there. It's important that they listen to us. It mm. is in the interest of even the managers of the economy to listen. Mm. Because if you take a typical tax, it has two purposes. Mm. One is to generate revenue. The other one is to use it as an incentive mm. to help businesses to grow. We have all the time concentrated on using taxes to generate mm. revenue. Mm. So everything, every revenue we want to generate is taxes. Mm. And these taxes are being paid by only few. We have said it. That out of the 15 million Ghanaians and institutions that are supposed to pay taxes, only 5 million are paying and because they are identifiable you can see them george is here this company is here it's so easy and it's a lazy approach of actually increasing tax revenue if you are able to get those who are not paying to pay we would rather increase the tax revenue mm. and not imposing new but taxes. mr Bedouwadi, how do we deal with this challenge that has always uh, come up from the proponents of these taxes about the fact that when you do a comparison as in the the tax I in relation to the economic activities that are taking place in the economy, it doesn't match. You look at all these activities and the, that level is, is low as well. I, I, I'll, I'll come back to you quickly to get your thoughts as well. But uh, Mr. Caraway, I mean, the sector, interesting. Your thoughts on this whole argument about 
our tax in relation to our GDP is low, and therefore it makes a strong case to increase these levies, these margins, these uh, taxes to deal with the revenue shortfall? Well, I think that uh, we are applying an outmoded economic development policies to try to develop ourselves. Mm. You know, if we think that we can still go with this uh, fixation that uh, uh, you can generate revenue by increasing your taxes and tax the same people all mm. the time, certainly it is telling us that it's not working. You know, yes, revenue will automatically come up and it will come up when you are, your capacity to generate the revenue is, is strengthened, you know, but it's not just about how much you are going to tax the person that would necessarily translate into your revenue. When the person does not have capacity to do what, to uh, contain that tax, you know, so um, I would think that uh, we need to review our economic policy to know that tax is good to generate revenue, the tax should not be the first call to generate revenue. It is rather to uh, empower production to go on. Unfortunately, we, the figures as we receive them from the Saskatchewan service are not giving good account of what is mm. happening in production. Mm. You know, all the productive areas are declining, mm. and yet they are the very people that you are you are taxing. Mm. You know, and uh, as I indicated also, they seems they are not interested in getting to those who are not paying taxes at all. Mm. You know? Because it's easier to, to go after the Mr. Magbedua Boaji and then you as well. Yes, of course. I pay mm. my taxes all mm -hmm. the time, you know. And any consumption I do, I pay taxes on it. You know, and even people who I give money to, to feed also pay taxes on it. So all the time, even when you are sleeping, you pay tax. Mm. When you are awake, you pay tax. You pay tax in the morning, you pay tax in the afternoon, you pay tax <laughs> anywhere you go, you pay tax. Mm. You know, and that is not how you can grow the economy. Mm. I think that we we need a national discourse to actually fashion out an appropriate economic development policy mm. for this country. Mm. You know, the way we are moving on and thinking that it is only taxes that can generate the revenue that we need. Of course, we are killing businesses all over. Mm. Look, we are concerned as workers in the agri sector yeah. to ensure that the companies survive. Because it is when they are able to generate revenue that we can also demand uh, mm. all the so you, things you, that you, you worried that the increment and better working conditions, they are under threat because most of these businesses are not doing well. Uh, and even in your area as well. Yes. And let me give this example. Look, you are, your trade policies are not aligning with your production policies. There are producers in this country. And for instance, rubber production. Mm. Companies have invested to set up factories to produce more rubber. Now they cannot even get a rubber as a raw material. Interesting. Meanwhile, we have enough rubber produced within the country, which could be used to feed these uh, uh, factories. But another policy has come to say that you can export the rubber raw. So people come in and just export that rubber. And you leave your own industries to struggle for raw material to process 
you know how, how do we deal with that challenge because it appears that it's not just even about the rubber but mm -hmm. even uh, the commodities as well we have these big multinationals coming in and competing with us to get some of these stuff to other neighboring countries and all the rest as we also still try and look into the media review as well what should be the policy direction in dealing with this challenge where we've opened up the market so much so these uh, big commodity trading firms are coming in buying the corn the rice and everything and then taking everything out and we are even struggling to get them to eat as well what should be the policy direction going forward in dealing with this challenge you see i think that we have become we have lost direction excuse me to put mm. it that way because even if under liberalization you still have areas that you say no i will not allow open competition there mm. but we don't seem to have that at all everywhere please just allow the uh, imports to come in what we need to do is to identify those areas and it's, we already know them mm. you know and i don't know how we can proceed with governance without political mm. uh, 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 well to do what we have to do because you know taking decisions requires what political mm. uh, 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 willpower whether economic or whatever form it is we need to say no we have got our own industries want to grow and you see it's not just that we are giving money to people because they are in business because those who are in business who are manufacturing who are producing they are not only making revenue for themselves alone but they are generating employment mm. You see, and sometimes they even take employment to where it is most needed. Mm. For instance, the companies I'm talking about, they are in the rural areas. All of us know the rural urban migration, what it is causing to us in the cities here, mm. the miners. They take jobs there, then you don't even support them at all. Then you allow people who just come to buy the raw materials and take them away. That, I think, is not a matter that we can say that we don't know how to uh, how to go about it mm. it's just that we are failing to do it mm. and if we are using budget to i mean correct some of these policy anomalies then this mid-year budget must uh, bring in its work decisions that we abandon a b c d you we all we all know mm. you mm. know that mm. until just uh, this year's budget that is the, the 2023 budget mm. look at the discounted benchmark value what it yeah. has done to yeah. industry in yeah. this country yeah. then yeah. later on we 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 have uh, uh, abandoned it but the harm mm. has already mm. been done mr Kara, you, your sector has a lot of policy measures that is supposed to help uh, triple its growth i mean going into this budget which one do you think has to be tweaked or reviewed you have plenty for food and jobs and all that. i'll be coming back to you to get your thoughts about which of these policy measures should we take a second look at for the next half of the year and also going into 2024 but back to mr bagbidua budget on the better ability tariffs it appears that under this uh, we're having our own debate in studio before we went on about whether guy really needed i have a program or not and it's like way back in school debate those who are for and against but the bit about tariffs what should be the plan going for because from the fund program it appears that there is an attempt to have a full cost recovery um already you are telling me that some of your members are shutting down
Well, from Studio 997, thank you, George. Uh, we're back in the studios of uh, Joy News. And my guest still with me, Professor Bokbin Nuon Falong. We also have here uh, in the studio, Joseph Obeng of Guta and Dr. Hamfrey Ayimdake of the AGI. I'll start with you, Dr. Ayimdake. Now, some interesting points that were made by Mark Bedouabaji of the GNCCI. He says, we've milked the tax cow to the point of death. We should desist from any further taxes. Just today, I've heard you talk about the COVID-19 levy and then the three new tax handles or uh, tweaked tax handles, if you like. From that standpoint, what do you think is our reality? When the vice president now said back then we should move from taxation to production, what, what is our reality currently in the midst of this IMF program? Very quickly on that. <clears throat> All right, thank you. Um, picking it from where Mark mentioned it, and, and there was one other question that was asked, how, do you, how are we engaging government on all these uh, position papers that we have? Yes, we write a lot of position papers. Our role as a trade association is to do lobbying, and therefore we go out there, lobby the technical persons that advise the minister. We have engagement with the minister, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, no, last week there about, we met the IMF team. We lay bare uh, our position. And an engagement like this, that's why we take such invitations seriously and also uh, engage the public and also the decision makers in our lobbying strategy. So to, uh, to add to that, yes, we can do more, but that is the way to go. And, and I can give a clear example on the excise duty that was uh, one of the taxes that was tabled. And in, in that engagement, the, the intent of the said excise duty was then targeted at concentrate, fruit juice concentrates. Mm. However, if you carefully look at the uh, Ghana Statistical Services report, it does indicate fruit juice as about a second driver of inflation. Nonetheless, in that excise duty implementation, we had indicated to government that when you implement this excise duty, it affects Factories like Ekumfi, uh, factories like um, uh, Blue Skies, because the intention of the said excise duty tax was to target concentrates, which is mostly imported, and it inf uh, affects the, uh, the import inflation that drives inflation high. So to a particular policy like that, we expect an exemption for the local industries and local farmers that are producing pineapples, uh, what you call all the fruits that is converted. Mm. If you do not tweak it like that and, and, and you implement such a policy, you go to kill uh, local industries. So some policies has good intention for a manufacturer because it gives uh, some favorable competitiveness to uh, producers. But if you implement it blunt like that without get, giving the exemptions what is needed, and you do not listen to us, they create the confusions around it. So that engagement matters. And you ask the question, so what is our ex expectation in the tax handles in the incoming uh, budget? If you carefully re read the program report of the IMF, the drive of IMF currently on this issue is to do what they call the medium-term um, medium tax revenue strategy. That suggests to you that they, may be, they have high appetite to go out there to rake in more taxes. Mm -hmm. And on the cliche that uh, our debt to G no, our tax to GDP is low. Our tax to GDP is low, and I'm, I'm very of grateful. Course, when you look at the sub-region, there <laughs> yeah. will be comparatives that we can no, deal with. And, but, but you need to situate it, and that's why I agree with uh, uh, Professor Bokkin on that aspect of the argument. You should realize that where there's high informality, 
and I, an economy is a, a highly informal economy. Extremely. It, it, there's a correlation between that and industrialization. And when there is industrialization, is low. Of course, we cannot create jobs. And the Ghana Statistical Service has demonstrated that there's high import inflation. That goes to tell you that our productive base has been weakened. And if your productive base is weakened, there'll be high informality, there'll be low taxes. So you need to look at the structure of the economy. Where there are rigidities, we keep repeating that, it must be fixed. It can be fixed through the agriculture sector. And I was excited to see the Obatampa project in the previous budget. Mm. Actualizing the Obatampa project, it's a challenge. We can say that there are slippages to program execution as they roll out in budget. It's also cost-intensive. However, Again. that is the sort of intervention we expect beyond the IMF stability. They should find the funding from World Bank, Africa Development Bank, to unlock that rigidity in that agriculture space and make sure that that concept ties in with the value addition, ties in with uh, integrated, what you call, value chain supply, and that ecosystem becomes an opportunity to untie that rigidity that will lead to the inflationary basket being dropped. And the statistician has demonstrated beyond reasonable doubt that the trends are on the food basket, the beverages, and how do you untie it? That's what we're against, the excise duty, and as I've explained earlier on. Mm. So for you to untie that in this medium-term budget as a policy intervention, Obatampa Project is a good initiative. Okay. Find the funding, get a gang around it. National Service personnel are sitting home doing nothing. Do we have the human resource to execute that? That can become an opportunity to unlock it. And therefore, they to influence the tax handles. Our expectations in this current document of the IMF that is uh, the foundation upon which this uh, medium-term budget will be rolled out is to look out for new growth poles. And therefore, I'm giving you a clear example about the Batampa project. Right. If you put in funding, you could go in there and tax that aspect of the project to rake in funds. But as okay. it is now, we have a very weak processing and, and, and a capacity as industry and the productive sector currently is very weak and we need and it has been demonstrated by the statistician that the total of imports now is higher than the domestic production and what the implications are is that los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera pero este comenzará en tu mente escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.